Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Bright This Way, the podcast that interviews the culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground and inviting you to make your own mark. When it comes to protecting your kids, you would do anything, right? Right? Social media and phones have pioneered new terrain for parenting, of which there's no roadmap. And as a parent, it keeps me up at night. I'm so afraid I'm going to screw this up. Do my kids have too much screen time? Is YouTube safe? When they get older, my kids are going to beg for a phone. Should I give them one? Their friends all have TikTok and Instagram accounts. Should I let my kids have one? They're exposed to violence, suicidal tendencies, sexual predators, bullying, school shootings, porn, and so much more. As if teenage years weren't hard enough. The big question is, is my kid going to be okay? Am I going to do enough to protect them? And today's episode deals with a heavy topic, but also a hopeful one. And I'm talking to Titania Jordan. She's the CMO and Chief Parent Officer of Bark Technologies. Bark is a parental control monitoring app to help keep your kids safe. Bark has thwarted multiple school shootings, saved kids from suicide attempts, reported sexual predators all using AI algorithms, and provided guidance and alerts for parents. Recently, Medium featured a chilling article about Bark that went viral. In fact, I had tons of other parents send it to me and were absolutely horrified and scared. Bark devised an operation where they had a 37-year-old woman pose as an 11-year-old girl on Instagram. And the reality of what unfolded was so disturbing. And in the past few weeks, Bark has been featured on Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Nightline, and the list keeps going. Bottom line, this could be one of the most important episodes I have ever done. I hope you listen, download the app, and use the discount code LITTLELEFT and share this episode far and wide. I'm not going to mince words here. It could save your kid's life. Any feedback or stories to share with me, please text me at 470-242-6311. I will repeat, this episode could save your kid's life. Here is my chat with Titania Jordan of Bark. I got the Bark report, Mm -hmm. the 2019 Bark report. And after picking myself off the floor from the heart (laughs) attack that I had, I wanted to share a few statistics. And, you know, we are here with Titania Jordan. She is the CMO and the chief parent officer of Bark Technology. Is it Bark Technologies or Bark US or Bark? So the website is bark.us. Yeah. Because bark.com was taken. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, the company, official company name is Bark Technologies. Got it. I think it was a little bit different on some of the handles. So I wanted to make sure I had that right because people are going to probably download it right away and think it is about a dog, but it's not. So um, this is a social app or a social monitoring app that helps protect teenagers or tweens or kids and help their parents monitor and have some meaningful conversations about them. So you probably have a much better uh, description of that and we can get into it. But the stats, Mm -hmm. so from a violence perspective, 86.8% of tweens and almost 90% of teens expressed or experienced violence, subject matter, or thoughts. Yeah. 
And then <laughs> as we keep going, mental health, 55.1% of tweens and 67% of teens engaged in conversations about depression. And then 35% of tweens and 54% of teens were involved in a self-harm and suicidal situation. Mm. And the fact that suicide is the second largest killer yeah. of children today I'm I needed to talk to you because I've got two little kids and I feel desperate to help them not only with their mental health and their coping skills but how do I usher them into a world of technology where that's how people live you know it's yeah. not like social media is going away and I felt you know I, and I posted something on Facebook or whatever, and, and said, hey, I'm talking to the CMO of Bark. What questions do you have about social media? And I was immediately flooded with really? questions of people that were just like me, desperate to oh. figure out how do we protect our children? We want to do right by them. Right. We don't want to, you know, shun them from it. And maybe in some cases we do and teach them all, all about that. And so I'm, I'm curious to learn a little bit more um, I know I've been talking a lot, but I'd love to hear more about your journey here and a little bit more about Bark. And then I'm going to drill you with questions while I have you for a few minutes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll uh, I'll just be quick about my journey. Um, started in the world of traditional media uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, at a local station called Star 94, top 40 station. And as I was there. Uh, this thing called social media blew up. You know, Facebook became something that uh, my peers were using, not just college kids anymore. Facebook opened it up to people who didn't have college-based email addresses. And that just changed the game. Then came Twitter and, you know, YouTube and Instagram and Tumblr and all the things. And all of a sudden, in this world of traditional media, I was now faced with exponential possibilities through digital media. And it was really interesting to watch traditional ad budgets um, become overtaken by digital ad budgets. And it was just a fascinating time to be embarking on my career in media as media was evolving. Um, fast forward to 2009, my son was born. Um, also, <laughs> not the best time to be in a commission sales position mm. <laughs> because of the economy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really wasn't leaving that much on the table by deciding to stay home with him for a few months um, and not go back to my, my role there. Um, I was also struggling with uh, postpartum depression, which I didn't realize at the time, but I realized quickly during that process. And that was actually one of the most difficult times, but also one of the most beautiful times uh, because it allowed me to really just kind of take a deep, hard look about you know what was important in my life, focus on mental health, and focus on what do I want the rest of my life to be like and how am I going to uh, provide for my son and, and grow up with him together, um, through this process. Cause parenting is really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, thankfully there was the internet and there was social media and I could turn to places like Twitter or Facebook groups to get help with breastfeeding, sleeping through the night, postpartum depression, read blogs from other mothers, um, that were ahead of, ahead of me <laughs> in this thing called parenting. It, it honestly just blew my mind how mothers had been doing this for thousands of years before me, a lot of whom did it without medication, mm -hmm. um, whether that was giving birth or just being a mother after the fact. Yeah. So I just had, had a ton of, a great deal of appreciation for all the mothers that came before me and was uh, thankful to be one, but also needed help figuring it out. So uh, the clouds started to part and um, 
I started to feel better, started to get better. And it was wonderful and um, started to take on a few freelance clients, um, helping them with social media. You know, there's a whole new opportunity for advertisers, um, especially ones that wanted to communicate with the head of the household and or mom. Um, and there was a way to do it on social media without being annoying. And so they came to me. Anyway, uh, fast forward a bunch of incredible, crazy, tough, amazing things. Uh, and I'm now at Bark. Bark is my fourth startup serving at the intersection of parenting and technology. Um, we're based here in Atlanta, out of the Atlanta Tech Village, and we now protect close to 5 million children across the nation. Tell me about the, how the technology works. Yeah, so we're using artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms and recurl neural networks, and you know we're basically using tech to analyze your kid's tech, so much so that it's not just flagging for keywords like drugs, sex, marijuana, suicide, but it's actually looking at the context uh, of teen slang and not just words, but emojis and memes and GIFs and even text overlay that kids can write on top of pictures now. Our algorithm is wow. analyzing all of that. And when our algorithm detects an issue, it will then send an alert via email or text to the parent or caregiver, not only telling them what happened and where, like, you know, cyberbullying on Twitter, but it'll also give them best recommended next steps for how to address. So if you're not tech savvy, and the first part of that was kind of like, oh my gosh, what is she talking <laughs> about? Um, basically, we are, we are a seatbelt for your kids' digital communications, much like you wouldn't give them a bike helmet, or you wouldn't give them a bike without giving them a bike helmet, and you wouldn't let them ride in a car without wearing a seatbelt. Don't give them a smartphone or a tablet or access to a Chromebook or any really digital device or social media account without having some sort of safety solution in the background. Bark is that safety solution. So what I've heard from from uh, some of the statistics of what Bark has done, I'm interested to hear about the preventions mm. of school shootings and yeah. suicide attempts. And, you know, I'd be interested to learn more about how the efficacy of what Bark has done in a short amount of time is really profound. It's incredible. I mean, there there's nobody else in the world right now that has this sort of access to a large amount of children's digital signals um, and it's doing it in a, a safe and thoughtful way. And so because we can access over 30 different social media platforms, text messaging, email, browsing histories, both school-based and, and family-issued devices and accounts, we're able to have an incredible snapshot of just what is happening with children today. Because of that, uh, we have escalated 16 credible school shooting threats to the FBI. And it's just it's so chilling to think of what could have been. And we're just thankful to be a part of it. Um, to your point, you know, we were talking before we hit record just about you, you saw a need to, to make an impact, especially around the just the political discourse mm. and lack of thoughtful dialogue. And kind of along the same route, you know, as parents, we kept seeing the, the school shooting in the news and today we can't do something about it in terms of gun reform or gun control whatever side of the fence you fall on that or even uh with your with your vote you know depending on who you vote into office or what political affiliation you're a part of um can help determine that outcome and so parents want to know what can they do today mm -hmm. to help stop this mass violence epidemic in, in america and so one of those things is to monitor your child's digital communications get alerts when they start to Google things that might be of concern, get alerts when they're encountering 
really violent content, uh, you know, on YouTube or through video games. If you can just be more aware of the content that is being consumed by them and the conversations their children are having, their friends are having, um, you might be able to, to, to stop the next school shooting. You know, we had this tech built for families and we're using it for families for uh, oh, quite a while. But once the shooting happened in Parkland in Florida, mm-hmm. 2018, um, we realized, man, schools really need this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we actually decided to roll Bark for Schools out for free to any school in the nation that would have it. So for uh, like Chromebooks and yeah. the, you know, technology that they might give out to their students. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, schools are issu- issuing tech to kids. Sometimes parents don't even realize how much mm-hmm. access their kids are having uh, at school. And kids are also using school-issued devices and accounts to research things other than school projects. They're composing suicide notes in Google Docs. Mm. They are cyberbullying each other in a, through that same platform. Um, they're creating digital burn books and even uploading... What's a burn book? Uh, so, uh, saw the movie... Um, it's a movie with Tina Fey, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Mean Girls? Yes, Mean yeah. Girls. So you know how they had that book of like, where they were basically gossiping about? Yeah, the, I think yeah, so, so, yeah. So it's, it's basically like, you know, who's got the biggest boobs or who's got, uh-huh. who's who's the thinnest, who's right, the, whatever. Right. Like, it's, it's just not nice. Right. It's not nice. And now it can be digital. So um, yeah, it's it's really, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be a kid uh, in 2020. It's hard to be a parent in 2022. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> you so know, is. I think I could see, because there's no blueprint for us, right? This is a whole new, no. you know, this is a whole new thing. And I would say that Bark is probably at the forefront of how do we, how do we allow people to, you know, have a more safer, better experience. And a lot of it, I would imagine, comes down to mental health. Yeah. And so I'm curious about, you know, when is the right age to give, I'm sure people ask you this all the time, but you know, I, I am one of seven children. I have a lot of nieces and nieces wow. and nephews and you know, that, that vary in range, ranges. And some of them are on every single social media platform in bikinis, you know, teenager, anyone and, um, and really, really deep in it. And Mm. some are playing video games and have some restrictions around, you know, who they connect with or who they are not allowed to connect with. And then, you know, my kids are, are watching YouTube videos and they like those stupid unboxing, you know, (laughs) videos or even Lego building. But, you know, there's so much that goes into the comments. There's, there's a whole variety of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, when is too young? Mm. When is, you know, and, and, and this is kind of a compound question, but I think there's a group of parents in Kirkwood, which mm. is a neighborhood of, um, yeah. in Atlanta. Really cool neighborhood. Right. Um, I think there's a group of parents that have made a pact where none of them gave their kids phones. And, you know, I love that idea, but I wonder, is it reality? So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I have a, I have a lot of thoughts and uh, two caveats here. First is, um, you know... <laughs> Much like with any parenting topic, every child is different. So that's the wild card. Mm -hmm. They don't all learn how to use the potty at the same time, and they're not all ready for tech at the same time. Um, Two is we are literally a living experiment right now. No other human uh, society has ever had to um, live with this dynamic before, with this much access, uh, this much much connectivity. Um, And so we can only do as much as we can. We can only do the best we can. 
Um, so that's more of just a like parents take a deep breath, give yourself, give yourself some grace because nobody else has ever done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, it, it starts young. Um, you know, your babies, your, your babies, your innocent, sweet smelling, most of the time babies, <laughs> uh, are watching you. Um, and if their first memories are of you behind the face of a screen, even if it's taking their picture and recording their every move and texting with your friends and being on Instagram. I'm so guilty of this. Oh, me too. I'm yeah. So guilty. Anything of this. I say right now, basically I'm guilty of. So this is, I'm not judging. I'm yeah. just, I'm just highlighting just what's obvious, sure. what, what we're dealing with now. So that's, that's going to be imprinted in their memory of this is, this is mommy. This is daddy. Um, then, you know, the second they can move their arms and they grab for the screen, they're going for that glowing thing, mm-hmm. whether it's a glowing toy or a glowing screen. Um, if you always have the TV on in your house in the background, that's another thing to think about. I mean, screens are screens. Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics, you know, urges no screen time before the age of two. That's not realistic. I, I needed to put my son in a, you know, baby bouncer seat and let him watch Baby Einstein when he was six months old, just so I could grab a shower and not stress about him crying but Mm -hmm. everybody has to do what they can do and as parents we just have to keep in mind what screens do to a child's developing brain which we're still figuring out but there's uh there's impact to their dopamine and serotonin levels uh the pleasure center of the brain uh there's addictive qualities that can be enacted and also just uh the effect that the the blue light can have on their sleep and kids need sleep Mm. to grow and develop and uh, affecting their mental health as well so just keep that in mind. Uh, less is more. Please, 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 just less is more. Um, then once children get a little bit more uh, uh, dex- dexterous, dex- dexterity, they can use their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can navigate even better. Um, you know, it, it's just a few quick taps and swipes away from some inappropriate content on the internet um, before they can even read. Yeah. It, it can happen by accident. Not to mention once they can read and they want to Google a pussycat and then they end up on something. That, oh my God. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it can happen. Oh. It has happened. So oh. yeah. So that's when parents, because we don't have enough on our plate, we need more work to do, right? We're, <laughs> we don't have enough to do. So now we have to start Googling all the parental controls that exist. You know, thankfully there are a lot of free parental controls, whether it's through your internet service provider, your cable service provider, your router that actually gets the internet into your home, on your devices, on your phones, basically anything that can connect, it probably has some parental controls. You've got to Google it, call the customer service hotline, whatever you got to do, figure it out how to lock it down because there's a lot there that will just help your kid not even encounter that stuff in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they learn how to read. And then the comments section. Then the comments. Yeah. Then the comments. And so that's when you really have to be intentional about multiple ongoing conversations with your children about tricky people. You know, sometimes there's people online that might act like they're your friend, but they're really not somebody your age. They're they're a 50-year-old man living in their mother's basement. Mm. You don't have to go there, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying. Um, Also, letting them know that anything they do online lasts forever. Even if they delete it, it still lives on some server somewhere. Do kids care about that or are they kind of in the moment? They're in the moment. They're in the moment. Their frontal lobes aren't fully formed. Right. They can't grasp the permanence of it. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't not talk about it. Sure. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. Do they call that the window analogy? Like somebody is looking in your window, you know, like when you put all of that out. Yeah. um, 
that's interesting. There was a, there's a story that really stuck in my mind of a parent who was kind of freaked out about their kid, I don't know, posting videos on YouTube or TikTok or one of these platforms. And they, they were like, look, would you go to the middle of the mall and just start dancing like this in front of anybody mm-hmm. in that outfit? Not to shame anyone, but just, you know, or in that yeah. bathing suit. And the kid was like, well, no, like, duh, obviously that'd be weird and uncomfortable and scary. And the parent was like, that's exactly what you're doing when you upload this stuff to the internet, except it's on a greater scale. The people at the mall, maybe that's a couple hundred people. Internet is millions. Mm -hmm. And so trying to frame these situations in a way where your children can understand them, not coming to them from a place of like, you don't do that and because I said so and our family value system, blah, blah, blah. No, it's about this is the real and prevalent danger that not only can happen to you, but has actually happened to other kids. Let's Google and find some stories. Like I'm not just... I'm not just making this up. This actually happened to, mm-hmm. to a kid in this city. That, that's an unfortunate reality. Um, and why Bark exists is because every single day there are children encountering um, very severe instances of cyberbullying, uh, online predation from, from predators, um, acts of violence, mental health issues. We, we s- probably send at least 12 um, severe suicidal ideation alerts mm. each day. Um, this, these things are really happening. And so you, anyway, I've, I've gotten ahead of myself, but you have to talk to your kids about the tough issues in an age appropriate way, uh, and much sooner than you thought you would. Um, are there any resources for age appropriate, you know, whether they're books, whether they yeah. are blogs, I'm sure Bark, I know blog, Blark, Bark has a blog. <laughs> it's called Blark. It's called Blark, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm sure they have one as well, but what resources yeah. help from an age appropriate perspective? Absolutely. Yeah. Our, we have an amazing team of writers um, here at Bark. In fact, one of which is actually a Jeopardy champion. Shout out <laughs> to you, Haley. Um, you are a bad A. I don't know if we, I don't know if we cuss here, but. Oh, you, we cuss okay. here. So Haley, you're a badass. Um, and, and same with Dan and Jordan and um, just our entire team. We have an amazing team of writers that are constantly researching um, the latest and greatest and not only just giving information, but like, what can you do? How can you help? So mm-hmm. if you need help, just go to bark.us slash blog. So many pieces of information for you there. Not only that, um, but a lot of people just don't have time to read. And mm-hmm. so that's where our Facebook group comes in to play. Um, so if you're on Facebook and you just search for parenting in a tech world, we have a Facebook group of over 61,000 parents wow. that are talking about these issues in real time and then sharing you know, their personal stories, what happened to them, to their families, and how they dealt with it. You could probably do a quick search on it you totally. know, and find whatever you need. Totally. Do a search for depression, sexting, cyberbullying, mm-hmm. iPhone, Android, Fortnite, whatever. There's plenty of stuff there um, for you to get the help you need. Um, and then there, you know, there's a lot of resources out there um, that are honestly just really light. You know, yes, there are hotlines you can call and you absolutely should call them if you're in distress. But what about that period leading up to when you need to call the hotline? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just kind of recently over the past few years been made aware of the lack of access to quality mental health care in our country, especially in rural areas. Um, and it really breaks my heart. So um, for families who feel that either they need to talk to somebody or their kids need to talk to somebody. Um, if you can't either afford to or find the right person to, to speak to in your area, um, 
you know, your school hopefully has a counselor that is equipped to deal with that. And there's also online resources like um, Talkspace. You know, there's a lot mm. of online telehealth. Is Talkspace for adults or kids? Both? They have they have uh, an offering now for teens. Oh, that's good. And it's needed. Honestly, it's much needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on your family, depending on your location, uh, depending on what your child is dealing with, there are resources. But again, the onus falls on you as a parent. One more thing on your to-do list to try to get your kid the help you need. But above all, don't wait. Um, one particular resource that helped me, not with mental health, but just with the issue of pornography. You know, my son is 11. And so um, studies show that probably by the age of nine, he will have encountered sexual content online, unfortunately. Um, and so the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, uh, I ordered that on Amazon. Thank God for Amazon Prime, came in a day. And it helped me um, address that issue with him in a very age-appropriate way. You know, it's not its not a comfortable thing to talk about, mm-hmm. especially with a kid who might be a little bit squeamish just about the birds and bees in general. Um, but talking about pornography, how it can affect your brain, um, just in a super non-judgmental but biological way um, was really key for me. That's one of my biggest fears with him. As he gets older, as I allow him to have social media, which I don't yet, and I probably won't for a very long time knowing what I know about it, um, we're going to talk more about mental health and just FOMO, the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. how everybody has their filtered lives online. It's and It's so real. It's too. so real. And and they're not being raw and they're not sharing um, the, the darkest parts of, of their lives. And um, it's an unfortunate substitute for real, authentic human c- communication in a lot of ways. I mean, there are plenty of times where I'm so thankful for some of the things I see on Instagram and Facebook. And I really have connected with people there in meaningful ways, but at the same time, it's also very detrimental um, for for my mental health at times. And mm-hmm. it's not a good substitute for in real life communication and, and, and relationships. And part of that is teaching the kids how to have real life conversations yes. too. But, you know, I want to talk about the Medium article. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bark Technologies, and I think it's something that went viral. I know yeah. I got a ton of it. And like us as moms got together and we're like, holy, I could barely even read it. I don't even think I finished it because it was so unbelievable. And and the concept was that somebody from Bark Technologies, mm-hmm. right? This was yep. a Bark, uh, uh, a Bark facilitated um, study or experiment. Mm-hmm. And they had a 37 year old woman pose as an 11 year old girl yep. on Instagram. Yep. And what I was taken by was. Um, that within 30 minutes, there were like five offen- of, of posting a picture. There were like five offensible, like people that could have been arrested for some of the things that they sent. And I heard it's called, um, the reason why I know about you is through Cindy Robinson, the Go Get Mom podcast. Yeah. Um, and she said, ask her about grooming. And I'm like, oh. what is grooming? Yeah. Tell, can you Not explain? brushing your hair. No. <laughs> Tell me, because that sounds like what it was. But it was, right. it was really scary to think about how many ways people can get to your children that seem very innocent to begin with mm-hmm. um, or seem very enticing, especially now when kids feel so isolated and they feel like everyone's life is better because mm-hmm. it looks so much better mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Yeah. So w- with regards to grooming specifically, it's um, the practice of building a relationship and building trust with a child 
uh, for the purposes of exploiting them, whether that's uh, with the intent of getting um, explicit photos from them, video from them, or live chatting with them, or perhaps in real life uh, abuse of them. So digital or in real life abuse of them in in many shapes and forms. Um, And what was really scary about this particular project that went viral on medium it's gotten like seven million views it's insane wow um i hope you guys had a lot of people sign up we did bark we did and rightfully so um i'm glad that those those parents were proactive about that you know back when we were younger if somebody had those intentions they had to befriend our families they had to be a coach or a teacher or a sunday school youth counselor or just somebody in our lives that we had a relationship with in real life and it took weeks, months, um, maybe sometimes days. Uh, but now with the nature of online and digital communications, um, these, these predators move from, hi, how are you? You're cute. Are you alone? Are you lonely? Is your mom home? Like, you know, teaser questions. Or are you a model? You're so pretty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. Um, to, you know, can you send me a picture or let's live chat. And then it's, you know, exposure to a grown man masturbating. And this happens within minutes, minutes, not days, not weeks, not months. And, and the fact that your child can be uh, abused and never have been in the same room as the individual is, is chilling. And that's our new reality as parents. And, um, I, I, I mean, I was recently at the the Child Rescue Coalition, which is a wonderful organization based out of Florida that helps to fight human tra- trafficking and child sexual exploitation. And um, they shared an, a manual with me. There's actually a manual circulating the internet amongst predators for how to groom children. It's it's over 20 or 30 pages of steps. Who wrote this? Uh, right? It's It's, you know, you think you've seen evil... And then you see that and you, it's, it's chilling. It's disturbing and it's chilling. And, um, I just, you know, a lot of times parents think, well, that only happens on Dateline NBC or that's that, you know, that, that happens to people. I know it happens to some people, but it's never going to happen to my child. But, um, anybody who's listening right now and apologies if you are a survivor or a victim, because this is triggering and my, my thoughts and my support are with you. Um, but you know, one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before the time they're 18. That is not a small amount of children. Um, nobody wants to talk about it. It's not comfortable. Um, but we absolutely have to talk about it. We have to address it. And sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse leads to other issues in real life, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, drug abuse. And there's so much interconnection here between the things that Bark alerts families to, you know, it's not just one thing. They're all interconnected. Um, and so parents, if, you know, parents and caregivers, uh, school administrators, counselors, any uh, law enforcement professionals, somebody, people in, in government and, and positions of power, um, you might not think that you need to address this, but you absolutely do um, because we have to protect this next generation. And this ne- next generation is at a greater danger than any other generation has ever been. So here's my thought on that. Yes, I believe that all of those people know they need to do it. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how do they do it effectively? Because mm-hmm. I know when I was 15 years old, 
I didn't want to hear what my parents said. And, <laughs> you know, if they came to me and said they're predators, I would say, well, that won't happen to me. I'm too smart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm smart enough. I wouldn't engage with that. Right. But that's not really the case, you know? And I'm wondering, you know, how, how do you, how do you efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively communicate that message when kids are not willing to listen? Yeah. And that's, that's a, it's a complicated uh, process that takes place over the course of many years. It starts when they're young, just by uh, simple things you might even think about, you know, calling body parts by their actual anatomical names, um, remove some of the shame and stigma around just vagina, penis, breast. They, they are what they are. They have functions uh, and that's, that is what it is. And so being very matter of fact about, um, human sexuality with your children in age appropriate ways can actually go a long way to removing that, that discomfort and shame as they get older. Um, letting your children know that they can come to you and talk to you about anything, no matter what it is, and you will get through it together is also key. Do you want to think about the fact that your kid's having sex before they're married? No. But if you look at the stats and realize how many of them are, you realize, you know what, I might not want to think about this, but it's better for my kid to know how to protect themselves, how to protect against mm-hmm. diseases, how to protect against date rape. You know, uh, you know, it's better for them to know than not to know. Um, and so just really having a hard look at your own personal value set and how you plan to raise, you know, these children, uh, is key. Um, Sometimes it's just really simple things like making sure your children's accounts are private, not public. You know, everybody wants to be uh, an influencer and an yeah. internet celebrity. Yeah. And um, there's time for that later. They don't need that right now. What if somebody is already in that rabbit hole mm-hmm. of influencer? They are very young. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a way to pull back? Um, Once they've already been exposed and given access to it. Well, so it's not easy, um, but at, at the end I'm of the asking d- for a friend, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, it's not easy, but you are the parent. Your job, my job as a parent on this planet is to make the best decisions for my child to keep him as safe as possible in real life and online. Um, and when I make mistakes, like letting him play that video game too young or letting him have a smartphone before he's actually ready, I can either, you know, think, well, water under the bridge too late, or I can dig my heels in and do what's right for him. And so one thing that I've noticed just through conversations with parents is that parents are truly afraid to parent today. That's what I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, having those tough conversations, mm-hmm. I immediately kind of took the position of, okay, that's a tough conversation. If it doesn't come out right and they're not receiving it, I'm going to feel like, okay, that was pointless and I probably ruined the relationship because it didn't effectively get communicated, which is why I'm thinking that Bark and some of the guidance that Mm -hmm. they provide through some of the alerts or whatever of how to talk could be very helpful. But understanding maybe some of the words to use you know, to, to kind of communicate when, you know, your kid is giving you the middle finger and saying, yeah, you know, I need my phone for homework. I need, you know, uh, I need, I need whatever. Absolutely. So there's, 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 you got to pick and choose your battles. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if your child wants to have their smartphone in their room at 10 o'clock at night, um, 
you can instead of you being the bad guy and again there's you know you're the parent so it's it, hard. it is yeah. what it is but it's you hard. can say look if you need to do homework let's do it in the living room uh if you're doing homework at this time of night we need to address the larger issue of do you have too much homework do we need to talk to your teacher do we need to talk to your counselor do we need to get an extension like you know call their bs honestly um, there might be some times where they need to do homework, but they don't need to do it on their smartphone and they don't need to do it in their bedroom. Um, a big point to make to them is like, look, you're 15, you're 13, you're 17, your body is still growing. You need sleep. If you don't get enough sleep, your body will not repair and heal itself overnight and you're going to be cranky the next day. You could struggle from X, Y, and Z issues. You need sleep. Your phone prevents you from getting sleep. You don't have your phone in your room, period, the end. You turn 18. You make your own choices. Mm -hmm. For now, it is what it is. Mm. Um, you know, des designating certain areas of the home uh, for tech usage is key. Also, making sure, again, that whatever internet service provider you have, you're able to just shut off the internet. Mm -hmm. That's one way to go around it. Now, certain devices have LTE, so they can access the internet even without having Wi-Fi. And so, again, that's why you need to perhaps corral devices at the end of the day and have a central place just to charge them at night. And you have to model that behavior too. I can't yell at my kid that he's on screen time too late, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And you're texting your friend while you're yelling right. at him. Right. Because <laughs> he'll, he'll call me on it. Right. He's like, but why, why do you get to have screen time? Right. And I could go down the path of, well, I'm your mom and you do as I say and not as I do. But I also know that children learn much more by modeling than by listening. And so mm -hmm. It actually goes a long way for me to be like, you know what? This is not important right now. I'm going to put this away because I need sleep too. So kind of go through that fight with them. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I'll just walk into a room and everybody on the family in the family is on a device, and I'm like, hey, let's let's just hit pause. Like, aren't you lucky you get to pause TV? By the way, because <laughs> yes. back in the day we'd have to no, miss stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd have to wait till the bathroom yeah. break. Right. You know, the right. commercial commercial break. But let's all just hit pause. Take a deep breath and hey, oh my gosh, the sun's out. Let's let's go outside. Let's just go get the mail. You know, like yeah. let's just try to connect for a minute. Let's let's go around the room and maybe everybody just say one good thing about your day and one challenging thing about your day. Like we as parents have to be intentional about peeling our children away from these screens um, because if we don't, we're all going to become zombies. That's true, it's but not is a there, fact. No, I, I get it. But is there <laughs> is there is there, um, is it realistic to not give your child a phone and not allow them until they're 18? You know, I, there are, it's funny because when I posted about interviewing you and, and some people are like, I just told them no, and they're fine with it. They think it's stupid, you know, which sounds like, wow, uh, can you parent my kids, you know, mm -hmm. but there's so much peer pressure, right? There's so much you know, peer pressure on the school bus on, you know, of, of not being part of TikTok and Snapchat and whatever group is going on there. How do you, you know, is, is there any benefit to that? So there is benefit in terms of they will avoid a lot of the pitfalls and dangers that their peers are encountering. That said, they will also be an outcast. They will be prone to teasing in real life. Like social suicide. Exactly. Right. They will miss out on um, forming connections and social dialogue with their peers and the places that their peers exist. Um, so there are pros and cons. Do I understand you wanting to do that? 
Totally. Like mm-hmm. there have been times where I'm like, we probably all wish we yeah. could do that. Yeah. Like yeah. let's move to Montana and live in a hut and <laughs> exactly right. make our own corn and whatever. <laughs> right. But that's not realistic. And uh, to that point, as your children get older, you're not going to be with them all the time. And so while you might not actually purchase a phone for them or have the internet in your house, if they ride a school bus, they're sitting right next to somebody who's showing them all the things and engaging mm-hmm. with them and all the things. Um, there's plenty of, you know, second phones, third phones, burner phones laying around. They'll probably, somebody will probably give your kid a device mm-hmm. that can get to the internet. Uh, most schools, again, give kids tech, so they're able to access tech at school. Mm-hmm. So it's really not a matter of if you let your child have a phone or a device, it's a matter of when, and if it's not you, then who. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's better to have those conversations ahead of time and set the rules that work for your family. And, you know, it's okay to wait. There's a whole movement called Wait Until Eighth, where parents band together uh, and don't get their kids smartphones until eighth grade. It's a great idea. How old idea. is that? Uh, 13. 13? Yeah. Okay. 13. Again, that is probably still too young for a lot of kids. And then other kids, um, they can handle it mm-hmm. within uh, specific guidelines and parameters. You know, a lot of families, it's also just not realistic. Families in dual households, kids with health issues like allergies, asthma, anxiety even, it's really helpful for them to be able to just text their mom or dad or sister or brother, whomever, and and, and be able to get help when they need it. Like tech also has a lot of positives. Sure. Um, so you've really just got to weigh the alternatives. You know, I went the route with my son when he was like nine and 10. I got him one of those smart watches um, because I wanted to be able to track his location if I wanted to let him ride his bike um, and I wanted to be able to communicate with him. However, it was a speaker phone. And so if I were to ping him and be like, hey, you know, is everybody being nice to you? <laughs> Everybody's going to hear it, right? That's not good. Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked on the playground because mom's talking through his phone. <laughs> Helicopter mom alert. Yeah, so I ultimately opted to let him have a smartphone. I first went with the Palm phone. It's like half the size of an iPhone and great parental controls, works with Barkwell, and he could put it in his pocket um, it's, it's water resistant. It was great. And I only allowed him to text, um, and, uh, have a few games, which wasn't any different than his PS4, you mm-hmm. know, at home. And it's, it's lovely to be able to, to text with him and, and hear voicemails from him. Like I'm going to save those voicemails forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, if your children have a propensity to become addicted to gaming or uh, have issues with mental health or, um, you know, you, you really just have to evaluate whether that's okay for you and your child and mm-hmm. let them know that, okay, if you need to reach mommy, daddy, whomever, you go to the front office or, or bother your friend because yeah. they do have a smartphone. It's hard. There, in short, there is no perfect time to give your child a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most parents realize that. Uh, whether you give it to them at 9 or 15, there are going to be pros and cons you probably will not go wrong by waiting. The longer you wait, the easier it is up until a certain point. Mm -hmm. Then you, you know, around 14, 15, 16, you do reach that limit of, uh, as you said, social suicide, where they're they're not going to get asked out on dates. They're not going to get invited to things. They're not going to be in the know. And that really sucks as a teen. Mm -hmm. That's like FOMO to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. What does success look like for you? Like what, what is Bark working towards? Yeah. So, Um, You know, right now we support uh, U.S.-based English Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we rolled out Spanish, um, but we're still still working on on some nuances around that. 
Um, but ultimately if we could have bark for every family in every country, or at least the major, the major languages, that would be key. Cause this isn't just a U.S. based problem. Mm -hmm. This is a problem across all families across the globe. Yeah. Um, so scaling globally, um, also making some inroads with some of the larger social media platforms that put on a good front with certain privacy policies that really aren't doing squat. I mean, certain platforms will say, oh, well, you now have to enter your birth date to use our platform. Cool. Kids know how to add. They all just enter the year 2000 as their birth date and then they're in as a quote 20 year old. Mm. Social media platforms need to do more to protect children that they are making money off of on mm -hmm. their platforms. Are you allowed to share which ones are da more dangerous or less yeah, safe? Yeah, totally. I mean, it really just depends on the on the platform. I mean, you know, the... What are the ones to look out for? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the viral piece on Medium, again, covered Instagram specifically mm -hmm. and the, the fact that anybody can DM your child, whether they have a private account or a public account mm. or are friends with them. That's a problem. Um, Snapchat's not safe because Snapchat has this thing called the Snap Map that if your child has it toggled on, will allow anybody they're connected to to see their location in real time um, on a map. Uh, you know, TikTok um, has has predators on this platform. Um, WhatsApp and Kick platforms meant to uh, help people message each other are also rife with predators. And then honestly, you know, if you're worried about your kids just having FOMO, even Spotify can be a problem because you can Is have, right. you can have followers. And so if your kid ha only has 34 followers and everybody else in the grade has 60 followers, they feel less than it, it, everything that your kid. Can you communicate through Spotify? Or is it just followers? Is I is think kind it's of just a, followers. Yeah. I honestly need to check, and that's another thing because they could change it today. It happens so quickly too. Everybody is all always rolling out new features that make their apps cooler and more engaging, and ultimately aim to keep your eyeballs locked in them so their app is open longer, so they can make more money mm -hmm. and have better engagement numbers. So I it, heard of some weird app that like people can talk to each other through. A calculator? Does this ring a bell? <laughs> um, so I don't know of a way to talk to somebody through a calculator, but there is some a phenomenon called a vault app where an app looks like a calculator app. Right. But you enter a code, it unlocks the app, and it's meant to be a vault. It's meant to hold photos or screenshots of messages or other things that your child might not want you to know that, that they have on their phone. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to, so I wrote down some of the questions. Yes. Let's see if we can do... Are we good on time? We are. Good. Um, what are some signs that something might be wrong? So if your child, if anything changes with your child, really, um, whether it's appetite, grades, attitude, they aren't hanging out with the same people they used to, um, they're sleeping more, any, any sort of thing that, that changes with your child, pay attention to it. It may or may not be digitally related, mm -hmm. but something's off and you need to look into it. Um, specific to tech, if you walk in the room and they immediately shut the, shut the laptop or turn the phone over, turn the phone off or throw the phone across the room, you know, that's, that's a clear sign. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've kind of mastered the art of like walking, like tiptoeing and <laughs> then just sneaking up. Him. Yeah. I'd be like, what's up? Right. You know, <laughs> so far he's passed that test. Um, hopefully he won't listen to this. Um, if they seem agitated when notifications are coming in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's key. Um, if, if you are using bark and you see a drop in their usage, if all of a sudden, you know, they used to be on Instagram for two hours a day and all of a sudden they're not using it anymore. Mm. 
either something happened or they've got a new secret Instagram account. I mean, there's just so many things uh, to pay attention to, but thankfully, I truly believe it has, it's not documented anywhere, I don't think, but like, I truly believe in intuition, parental intuition. Mm -hmm. Trust your gut. You know your child. You know when something's wrong. Um, much better to dig in and it be nothing than to overlook it and it be something. Mm-hmm. So if a child, somebody asked, if the child has their Instagram set on private, can predators still find and try and message them? Yes. Your children can receive direct messages from strangers even if they have a private account. Oh. Yeah. So when you open Instagram and you go to your child's settings, there is a place to toggle off the ability to receive direct messages which is wonderful. The thing is, is that after the fact, if your kid's on their phone, they open Instagram, they open their settings, they toggle it back on, you won't know. Can you control their settings from your phone? No. So tell me more about the privacy um, of that, because I I know you talked about um, having respect and dignity of not, you know, having full access to. Yeah, not, yeah, I mean, Trust, I think, is probably a better word. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole, like, reading your kid's diary analogy, um, which, you know what? Some parents might need to do that if their child's life is in danger Mm -hmm. or if they're in an abusive relationship. Uh, But kids don't have physical diaries really anymore. Their digital signal contains a lot of what we need to know. And so um, one of the whole reasons Bark was founded was to help keep kids safer online, but in a way that promotes trust and builds relationship between parent and child instead of causing friction. Uh, Before Bark, the options on the market were very cumbersome. You know, you would either be mirroring your child's phone and see everything they're doing, which I don't know about you, but I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you would get almost like a list of everything your kid had ever done that day, every message that went in and went out on everything. And again, that is super cumbersome. Um, And honestly, I don't know who has time for that. Too much noise. It's way too much noise. And that's like... It's like following your kid in the car behind them when they go on a date. Like at some point you've got to let them go and, and learn things and try things and experiment and become responsible digital natives. And if you are following their every move and tracking their every move, it's just not going to bode well for anyone in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell my son, um, I'm not going to read every single text, uh, on your phone. That's why I have bark. Bark is going to let me know when there's something I need to know about. And as your parent, I don't think you'll argue with me uh, when that happens. If there's an adult trying to contact you and ask you for nude photos of you, that's something I need to know about. Mm -hmm. And you might not feel comfortable coming to me about that. And I understand, but Bark will let me know and we'll deal with it together. Mm. Then is there an app or way to put a parental restriction on all apps on an iPhone? Yes. Yeah. So, um, Apple has a lot of options. Um, I have my son's phone set up to where anything he wants to download, I get a notification on my phone and I have to hit approve or deny. Um, and so that's what I have set up for him right now. Mm-hmm. As he gets older, I, I might relax that. But for now, I want to know everything he's downloading, mm-hmm. every purchase he's making, every in-app upgrade. He's like, I want to know everything so we can talk about it. Most of the things I approve, but there was an app called BitLife Simulator he wanted to download. The icon for it was a sperm. Like, <laughs> you know, I, which it's fine. It's fine for him to know what a sperm is, but like that just kind of, yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're not going to have this now. Maybe another time. Mm-hmm. 
And then TikTok, how, what are the ways that predators can get through on TikTok? TikTok. So um, with TikTok, which is a platform where you're sharing uh, short videos, um, like dance or music videos, dance, music, right. etc. Um, you can receive messages. You can uh, have followers that then can then message you to to take the conversation to another platform, perhaps like Kick or WhatsApp or even text. Um, ask you to go meet up. Uh, you can sometimes receive gifts in exchange for certain acts or dances. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. um, again, it's the grooming, it's the befriending. It's the moving the conversation to a place that suits the predator better and then ultimately ending in abuse either digitally or in real life for the child. So from a bark intervention, what are some of the great stories that you've heard? Oh my gosh. Um, We get feedback every single day from parents, you know, either emailing us or messaging us on Facebook, et cetera, about how bark um, helped save their child's life Mm -hmm. or just helped them have conversations with their children they otherwise wouldn't. Um, you know, one mom in Chicago let us know that a bark alert um, went to her to let her know her child was Googling how to uh, kill herself using things found in the home. Mm. Her daughter was 12. She had no idea her daughter was struggling with anything mm. until she got that bark alert. And she was able to get her daughter the help she needed. She's now 13 and, and doing well. Um, again, we talked about the school shooting threats that we've escalated that were credible threats. Um, there's instances of, of child abuse and online predators. We've escalated over 450 predators to law enforcement that otherwise would be harming children mm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, children o- over 22,000 severe self-harm alerts, which range from suicidal ideation to cutting, you know, cutting's a big epidemic right now. Is that right? It is. Yeah. It's, and we, we see a spike particularly amongst 12 year old girls for some, some reason mm. between the age of 11 or 12, uh, the spike for girls, uh, experiencing cutting is about 12 X that of boys. And so, um, yeah, it's something we just, we've got to figure out and got to address. And one thing, one last thing that came up a lot was YouTube. Mm-hmm. How do how do parents protect their kids from YouTube? Whether it's comments, whether it's just the the <laughs> autoplay videos yeah. that you know. I I heard somewhere this could be complete bullshit, but I heard that like if you just let it play for nine videos, it will get to porn, no matter where <laughs> what it is. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm no matter where you start off with. <laughs> It's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, because here's the thing. There's algorithms and there's people in there with, you know, bad intentions targeting mm-hmm. children. And so um, just due to the volume of content that is being uploaded every mm-hmm. second to that platform, um, if you are not using YouTube kids, you know, you're right there. just open wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Um, so use YouTube kids. Um, if they're using just regular YouTube, enable parental controls, make sure you're signed in with a Gmail account because that gives you a better layer of protection where you can turn off autoplay. You can restrict content settings. You can turn off commenting, uh, make sure your child has a private YouTube account. So, um, you know, random people from across the world can't, can't comment on their stuff. Um, can you turn off when you say turn off commenting the ability for the child to comment or to read any comments, the, uh, you can turn off the ability for somebody to comment on your child's video. Okay. Um, I actually need to look and see if YouTube kids allows other kids to read comments. My hope is that they have an algorithm that deletes anything that is profane Mm -hmm. or 
bad, but it changes every day. Yeah. So go to the Bark blog, type in YouTube, and we have we have every parental control guideline you can possibly need, whether it's YouTube, Snapchat, iOS devices, iPads, PS4, whatever your kid can access, go to our blog, Google search it, and and, and lock it down. I love that these tough conversations and this tough, tough, tough landscape is being attacked by Bark. So thank you for that. And I'm curious, this is hard work to Tanya. I don't know how you sleep at night. Like my eyes would be open like this, like <laughs> thinking about what is happening. What do you do for fun? I don't know about fun. You don't have fun. I don't. You're not I, into fun. Never. Fun sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, actually serious XM radio, you can be my people. I'm not cool. really that yeah. fun. <laughs> What's fun. <laughs> Life's too short for that. Um, serious XM radio, the comedy channels uh-huh. are just really, they give What's me your life. favorite. What's your favorite comedian? Um, I love Robin Williams. Oh, I love yes. Mitch Hedberg. Um, Mitch is the best. Oh. The what, what's your okay so I lo- I'll I'll give you a Mitch Hedberg one-liner oh crap that you've probably heard okay. and you probably know some of them too because they're so funny he said I don't have a girlfriend but I do know a girl that would be really pissed if she heard me just say that <laughs> <laughs> or or I used to do drugs I still do drugs but I used to too <laughs> Which is like the greatest. I know. I know. May he rest in peace. And May same with Robin Williams. I know. What's up with this? I know. All the dead comedians. I know. Uh, yesterday I was listening in the car and Robin was like, what's this internet thing? Back in the day, we didn't go online. We did lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but for, for honestly though, I, I laugh as much as possible because it releases endorphins. Yeah. Helps to lighten the mood. Um, I am very uh, intentional about my mental health. Um, I try to get into bed by about 10 o'clock each day because I have to sleep. If I don't sleep, I get anxiety. I'm prone to panic attacks. Um, so I need my sleep. Um, I also am really intentional about exercising, whether Mm -hmm. that's even just taking the flight of stairs to my office instead of the elevator or actually doing like a, an intense one hour workout at fill Mm -hmm. in the blank. Um, I really have to exercise. Uh, It's not about being an unideal body image that I'll never attain, but it's more about just being healthy in mind and body. Um, you try to eat healthy, try to avoid alcohol when possible. Although sometimes some of the things I see and hear will make me, make me want to slug one back once in a while. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) pros and cons, pros and cons. Absolutely. Um, and just, you know, every day that we have on this planet is a gift. Every day that we are healthy is a gift. And so I really, uh, just try to embrace, um, gratitude. I am Mm -hmm. so thankful for every minute uh, that I'm here and every person that I encounter and every minute that I get to, to help others and, and connect with others. So, and what you're doing is such a huge, huge impact. Like the gravitas of what you're doing is really, really powerful. So thank you. I know it, uh, it's, it's not an easy topic, you know, and you live and breathe it every day and have a son, you know, yes. like you have your own living experiment going on in your house, you know, I really do. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's terrifying and exhilarating, but I am confident that we will come out on the other side. Okay. Yeah. That, that would be the goal, right? Yeah. So how can people find you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, best, easiest thing to remember is bark like a dog barks when a stranger arrives at your house. <laughs> .us. So that's www.bark.us. That's our website. From there, there's all kinds of links and things to follow and 
um, and connect with us. Uh, my name is not the easiest to remember how to spell, but if you Google me, Titania Jordan, you can find me everywhere. I'm all the places with that handle, Titania Where's Jordan. Where's Titania from? Where's that name from? Uh, so it's from Shakespeare, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh. Yeah, Titania wow. was the queen of the fairies. So Are you? I, <laughs> I can't see them uh-huh. yet. <laughs> Give me 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> might change. Um, or some LSD. Kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, yeah, so Google Titania Jordan, uh, join Bark, sign up for your family. It's a free seven-day trial for anybody that wants to see how it works for their families. Um, but at the end of the day, no tech is going to replace engaged parenting. So it's not easy, but get in there. You might not want to play Minecraft with your kid, but if you sit by him or her just for 10 minutes and just kind of watch and learn what they're doing and why they like it, you will A, bond with them, and B, view it from the perspective of a parent and potentially learn things that might help you keep them safer in the places where they're playing. That is great. Thank you so, so much. You're a culture changer. Bark is a culture changer. And uh, I so appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm pretty sure that every last one of you downloaded Bark during this call, and I applaud you for it. Use the discount code LITTLELEFT for 20% off for the lifetime that you are a member. And please, for the love of all that is holy, share this episode. Titania, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit down with me. I've linked everything in the show notes. And as for Bright This Way... These podcasts are available not only on your favorite listening app, but also on Decatur FM. And I hope you sign up for my useful blog called Sticky Notes. You can get all the goods at allisonhair.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet to my podcast, please do so now, like right now. I'll wait. Subscribe not only for myself, but subscribe not only for yourself, but for my fragile ego. Please leave a five-star review. And most of all, share this episode with every human you know. Culture changing is really a movement, but only works when the ideas are shared. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.